Welcome to the Legislate podcast, a place to learn about the latest insights and trends in property, technology, business building and contract drafting. Today I'm excited to welcome Christian Byfield on the show. Christian is the Director of Base Property Specialist, co-founder of The Depository and Company Director of Jack Property Maintenance. Christian, thank you for taking the time. Would you like to please share a bit of background about yourself and your companies? Yeah, Charles, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I have been an agent for about 21 years. I started my own lettings agency with my business partner, that's Base Property Specialist. We started that back in 2004. So that's an 18-year-old business. Very much to meet the demands of that business, we started a maintenance company, which genuinely, literally just services our clients. It's not a business available to other entities, but we started that, I would guess, probably 2008, 2009. And then Depository, which is a PropTech software product for letting agents. We started building that in 2016, launched that in 2020. So that's a sort of streamlining and automation tool for the end of tenancies. So yeah, those are the businesses. I also sit on the Zoopla Lettings Advisory Board. I spent two years on the seat of the UK PropTech Association. So yeah, anything residential, lettings and tech orientated, I tend to be involved with. It's a very uh, impressive career and yeah, you're quite a, a serial entrepreneur. So through those 20 years in, in property, what's been your favorite moment so far? So we've always been a journey. My, my business partner and I started base because we felt that landlords and specifically tenants were being massively underserved by the vast majority of the market so we felt there was a better more service driven way to look after landlords but especially with regards to tenants and we've seen that sort of yeah pay off we've got a very loyal client base about 80 percent of our growth is through referral and recommendation we have a fantastic tenant community anyone who thinks you can't get tenants on board just probably isn't trying hard enough. We've got some great tenant advocates who've brought friends and family on board to rent other properties with us, who rented with us 10, 15, 18 years ago and are now property owners and are now coming back and giving us their properties, their investment properties that they've bought. So yeah, I think that in itself has been quite rewarding. I'd say probably crystallizing that was probably 2016 at the Esters. I think you interviewed Ben from the Esters recently. So we've been a huge advocate of the Esters. We've been going, we've been entering the Esters for I think about 12 years. We're a huge advocate for what it does in terms of, again, really validating what you do through customer and client feedback and focusing on the service element. And in, in 2016, we were very lucky to, I think, win five awards at the Esters, including two of the UK Grand Prix awards. I think we won gold for landlords and silver for tenants, which is a little single branch office was quite a humbling moment. We never really had aspirations to compete nationally. Our, our sort of motivations behind entering the Esther was very much hoping that we could compete on the London stage, but also to enable us to benchmark were we delivering the service we thought we were I and mean, giving our clients the, the opportunity to give us quite candid and frank feedback. And I'm glad to say that, yeah, that, that largely seems to be the case. I think to date, I think we've got nearly 700 Esther's reviews on their review panel and I think our average score at the moment is something like 97 and a half percent so yeah I won't be happy till we get to 100 which will never happen so I'll never be quite content but but yeah I think 2016 was the moment it's crystallized for us sort of achieving that congratulations and congratulations on those 
rewards and what do you wish you'd known before entering the world of property or starting your businesses 20 years ago? I think from an entrepreneurial point of view, everything takes longer than you think it's going to take. So just cut yourself some slack. You're not going to build a multi-million pound business over weeks or months or even a few years. It's, it, it takes it takes time unless there are different strategies. But but yeah, really just to be patient. And I think the other thing which took a little while to learn is I have become from a business perspective very much a sort of believer in karma. There's been some quite major events over the last 18 years which at the moment in time they happened they felt like the end of the world and like the biggest kick in the teeth ever but one to three months later something else happens and you're like oh thank god that did or didn't happen because otherwise this wouldn't have been able to happen and yeah i think the only example that immediately springs to mind is when we were starting when we were starting the business up and we were actually we nearly opened our first office up in in north london because my business partner and I at the time were living in North London and that was the motivation behind opening an agency in North London. And literally the day before we were due to finalise the contract and sign, the landlord screwed us over and gave the whole shop to his cousin, which at the time felt like the biggest slight and the biggest disaster right at the start of our journey ever. Only for us to rethink where and why and that was when we decided let's go and explore Shoreditch and came down here and we were like, yeah, this is the spot. And so delighted we made that move. I don't think the company would be quite the company it is now had we opened where we originally intended to. That's just one example. But I think, yeah, I think being able to take, like I said, what at the time feels like a major slight or a catastrophic event and accept the fact that it's almost never as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah, that's great wisdom. I definitely can relate to setbacks, but I guess with the right mindset, you can identify new opportunities or perspectives that just weren't imaginable before. Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, one of the goals is to get to 100% score on Estes. What is the vision or the next goals, milestones for the next five, 10 years? I think the main thing for us is we never stand still. We've this our business has never been the same from one year to the next. We're constantly tinkering, and that will be a variety of things. At the moment, we're undertaking quite a lot of, of changes in terms of the staff and the structure of the staffing here. And my partner and I have been in the office every single day of the week for the last eighteen years, apart from when we happen to be on holiday. But other than that, yeah, we have been here from the start to the end of the day, five, sometimes six days a week for 18 years. And we're, we're finally putting the framework in place that will enable, hopefully, that to change a bit. So that's quite a major shift for us. But actually, I find that quite exciting because it's the part I've always enjoyed is working on the business. And this should give us more time to work on the business and work more closely with our staff and with our team and helping them grow and develop. So yes, yeah, so I think that's really exciting. But for us, it's about constantly evolving. Nothing in our business is sacrosanct. Nothing is set in stone. So we're always looking at new ways we can do things. We're always trying to discover problems within the business, whether that be like a lack of operational efficiency or a recurring mistake that we make or something that constantly gets, what's the word I'm looking for? sort of questioned by a certain party because there's obviously something we're not explaining so we're constantly trying to look and pick apart the business and think about different ways we can do things and we try we try not to look at things 
from the perspective of a letting agent. I think a lot of letting agents out there operate in a way that, oh, this is how I've always done it my whole career, so this is how it's done. We've always tried to look at, not to look at things from that perspective, really look at a problem at face value and look at a genuine solution. And a couple of examples I can think of that, we run a couple of services through our lettings agency, which we've run for a decade now. So one we call basic appliances. So we keep a stock of fridges, fridge freezers, plug-in radiators, combi ovens, and hot plates. And the first thing we do at one of our managed properties, if a tenant calls up and says that my fridge is broken down, the first thing we do is we dispatch a fridge completely free of charge. We don't charge our tenant or landlord. We dispatch a fridge immediately to the property, usually via Uber, or I chuck it in the back of my truck, or we've or through Zipvan. And we try within hours to have a product on place so they've got an immediate and temporary solution. That then obviously resolves any immediate crisis for the tenant. It gives us and the landlord breathing space to explore the issue and the possible solutions without having to make a rushed or hasty decision. And then once we've fully solved an issue, once we've bought a new fridge freezer or whatever it is, then we'll just ask the tenants to give it a clean and we'll pick it up. So that's something that came out of, you know, really looking at that issue. Most tenants' frustration is the time it takes to resolve an issue. And with things like a fridge freezer, with things like your cooking, your heating, they have a pretty direct and immediate impact on your tenancy. Actually, our solving that problem is actually quite easy. It's very low cost and it solves a massive problem. So we've done that for 10 years. Another scheme we rolled out around the same time was we rolled out a service we call maintenance. And literally what that is, all of our tenants get a sort of basic property life skills tutorial when they move into a property with us. So we'll first of all run through the logistics of the property. So we'll make sure they know where the bin stores are, where their meters are located, where the stopcock valves are, where their fuse board is, where their heating controls are, all that sort of practical stuff, make sure they know those things. And then we will then run through basic skills like how to bleed a radiator, how to top up the pressure on your boiler, how to maintain your drains, how to maintain your appliances, how to look out for signs of condensation and how to address that. Um, Etc. Et so it's typically about a 20 to 30 minute life skills tutorial. And yeah, we've done that for 10 years. The date that whenever we've dug back into the data on that, we've seen reduction of maintenance issues reported of about 30%, largely because we're just giving tenants the skills and the knowledge to deal with them themselves. And we're also empowering those tenants with skills that should potentially be useful for the rest of their lives, whether they're renting or owning. They now know when their boiler cuts out, not to straight away call a plumber out, they'll go and check the pressure first, check the fuses and things like that. So I think those are a couple of examples of us looking where does a problem lie and what's a solution. And once we've just once we've landed on a solution, is it commercially viable? And is it something that we include as part of our service or is it something that is charged as a premium or an optional extra? We try to steer away from optional extras in terms of we try to, in fact, I don't think we have any, we tend to deliver an all encompassing service. I've always been very candid that we're very lucky working in London. Our average rent sits around £2,000 a month, so nearly double the national average. And yeah, so we, we get paid very handsome fees by our clients. And so we've always taken a route. We want to deliver them the best possible value for money that we can, and also try and deliver their tenants the best experience possible so that they will look after the property as much as possible. They will stay as long as possible. They will 
yeah, pay their rent on time and half the time they'll even go, oh, I'm moving out, but a mate of mine would like to move in after me. So yeah, that's those are a couple of examples of how we try to look at things not from an agent or a landlord or a tenant perspective, but just what's a problem and how can we try and solve it? Yeah, those are two very novel solutions that I haven't heard before from any other agents. Congratulations. And I guess that's that also helps explain your great score on investors. As a business owner and also letting agent, I imagine there are quite a few key contracts that you interact with. What are they and what can you share about them? So as a letting agent, obviously key documents are our, term, our business terms and conditions with our clients and obviously primarily our tenancy agreement and documents surrounding that section 21 notices, prescribed information, etc. Yeah, they're vital documents. I'm always slightly surprised when I see agents or business owners in general take a slight laid back approach to contracts like, oh, anyone got a contract for this I can use. We've always seen that as a pretty critical and fundamental part of our service delivery. So terms and conditions wise, we feel like a contract should be all encompassing and should be very clear. And likewise, the tenants, we did a massive overhaul of our contracts probably about a decade ago where we did a ton of research and we basically completely reinvented our tenancy agreement. Grew by about 40%, became a much bigger document, but we changed the layout. We segmented the contract into really clear and logical areas. We did a lot of work on the language used to try and make it really just plain layman's English as much as possible. And also to be as clear as possible, we've got, we go into a lot of detail around things like what's a tenant liability if they lose their keys. We will talk about the structure that we will potentially need to change at least one lock at the property, that we will need to get X amount of copies cut. So we make sure they understand that it's not just replacing the lock. We will need to get copies for each tenant. We'll need a management set. The landlord will probably need a set. So again, we try and make sure that we've got a lot of minutiae within our contract. Once in a blue moon, we'll have a tenant sort of push back and be like, oh, A, God, this contract's long. And B, hold on, my flat doesn't have a garden and my house doesn't have a water softener. And because we've obviously got, we've got all these clauses which are quite bespoke to different properties. And obviously we don't tailor every single tenancy agreement on that basis. But but by and large, and actually several solicitors that we've worked with over the years as either a client or a tenant have actually complimented us on the clarity of our contracts, the detail that we go into. So yeah, I think contractual documents form a really important part of your business. And obviously on the software side of the business, we have our terms and conditions, our business terms, contracts that our agent clients sign up to. And then obviously we've got our privacy and usage terms, tenants are made fully aware of, tenants and landlords are made fully aware of when using our platform. Yeah, look, it's really important. I think way too many businesses, like I said, take a, take a really laid back approach to their contracts. I'm always amazed when someone is, perfectly happy and willing like I said to use some standardized document that they've downloaded from somewhere or some document that some person they don't even really know has, has agreed to give them so no I think contracts is yeah as, a, as an agent I think it's one of the core fundamentals of delivering the services to agents and sorry to landlords and tenants yeah no, that's great and at Legislate we definitely try to make our contracts easy to understand easy to read and also readable in different views as a pdf with the language but also as a set of questions and answers because not everyone can digest a piece of text in in, in one go and then having everything online also is a great way to 
prove your compliance because it's one thing saying that you've given the prescribed information, it's other, another thing proving it. If you can do that's great. Christian, I'm conscious I've already taken a lot of your time. So I'm going to ask you the closing question we ask all our guests. So if you were being sent a contract to sign today, what would impress you? So I think that I think anyone not doing contracts on a digital platform, I don't, I just don't understand businesses that aren't facilitating contracts on digital platforms. I do still come across it. And astonishingly, I see sometimes work with tech companies who don't use digital contracts, but I think that is really a necessity nowadays for anyone to readily and easily access and sign a document, I think. It's got to be on that. And then really what we've already talked about, I think anyone supplying a contract has a duty to ensure that contract is by and large clear and easy to understand and comprehensive. Yeah, I think anyone hiding behind a contract written in legalese, which no one really understands. My God, some of the head leases I read on properties that date back to 1920 or whenever they were written up. I'm sure it was some sort of bet had at a pub of what's the most convoluted language we can use because yeah some of them are horrendous but i think yeah i think that really those two points digitally facilitated and easy to digest and understand that's a great answer question so yeah thank you very much for being on the podcast and uh, best of luck getting to your 100 percent score on Estes. <laughs> no worries thanks a lot charles cheers